Welcome to the Loyola Greyhound Podcast. I'm Jason Johnson, the Director of Video Production for Loyola Athletics. Join us as our guests will range from coaches, trainers, athletic administrators, and student-athletes. In our newest episode, I'm going to sit down with four members of the Loyola men's golf team. And one of the great things about golf right now is that it is naturally socially distant, and our athletes are taking full advantage of that. I will speak with Evan Brown, Brandon Barry, Carlo Pisano, and Mike Crowley. All four of these athletes are currently competing and representing Loyola. Presented by the Pinnacle Advisory Group. First question for you guys is with quarantine happening, um, how has being able to play golf uh, both in practice and competitively, um, has that helped you stay sharp during this quarantine? And uh, does the fact that golf naturally lend itself to social distancing, does that help you be able to get onto courses more often now? Like what's the process of this quarantine and the specifics of golf uh, being unlike other sports where you're not on top of each other? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously all of us would rather be either at school or with each other practicing and playing. But being the fact that we're all able to kind of get to the golf course and um, kind of do our own thing, practice with people that we either know at our golf courses or be able to travel to other golf courses, be able to play with other people that we may know. Um, it's definitely been easy. I think obviously that we're not in school or have the same requirements that we would have on campus. We're able to kind of um, have a bit more time to practice and play, which I think is due to a lot of that in part to why we're playing so well over the summer. Um, being that we have a bit more time on our hands, being able to focus on really just one thing, because it's really the only one thing that we're able to do in quarantine. Um, it's it's kind of been a little bit of a blessing in disguise, I think, for a lot of guys, because they can kind of work on their games and take this time to improve and get better. And I think you're seeing that in a lot of the scores that we've been playing and shooting over the summer in our tournaments. And you guys have been playing very well over the summer. Has there been anything through quarantine, like a specific type of training or, or a new way that you've had to approach uh, your game that has, you think, benefited with and, and directly contributed to how your guys are playing right now? Um, yeah, I just I know for me personally, I usually play a lot of golf with other people and um, spend a lot of time like playing with other people and with this whole quarantine thing, or I mean, I was spending a lot more time practicing by myself, which isn't as fun, but I think it's definitely helped my game a lot because I mean, I became a lot more, I guess, independent instead of like dependent on other people to play than I usually am this summer. Uh, Cause I usually rarely play alone. I've been doing that a lot more since I've been home since March. Cause I mean, just because the times we're living in, like, I don't have that many people to play with my course and they weren't allowing guests for a long time and neither were any other courses. Um, but I was very, I know, I think I'm the only one in, of the four of us that my course never closed down. Uh, Virginia was one of the few states that never shut down golf. So I was very blessed in that aspect. And I also live like a minute away from my course. So that was very, uh, that was a very nice thing. My life really was not affected that much in terms of like how much golf I play. But it was more just kind of like the social aspect of it since this whole thing started. What does it mean to you guys to be able to, unlike these other sports, to remain competitive and, and have the ability to continue competing at, at a high level, even while all this is going on? I think um, it already talked, you know, it goes back to the social distancing part of of golf, um, you know, like I, you know, I know basketball guys, um, baseball guys, 
they can't touch a field because they just they can't implement social distancing or any of the other guidelines. Um, so really, I think Evan talked about. I mean, it's just, it is a blessing in disguise where we really weren't affected as much, um, and in some ways we were kind of you know we had more time because we couldn't um, go places, we couldn't travel as much. So um, really, golf was like it's the premier thing for, for a quarantine time. Um, what are some of the new restrictions or proce- procedures that have come along because of COVID um, during your competitions or, or your practicing or your training um, that w- what were like your first impressions of them and, and how have you kind of uh, um, gotten used to them and implemented them and, and how are they affecting your guys game now? Is there any major change or difference or has it been kind of a smooth process for you? Um, I know like at least so right when uh, Corona started they started putting like pool noodles in the flag which just sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud but um, they did that to like limit the touching of the flag sticks or whatever and then I know at least I've played like five or six different tournaments this summer and literally every single one has a different Corona rules so like the first tournament I played in uh, which was the Delaware Am which Evan and Carlo also played in they had no restrictions at all, which was interesting. I played the next tournament I played was like the SUNY Hana qualifier. They had no restrictions except they took your temperature when you arrived. And then um, Delaware Open again, no restrictions. But I played my state am and the Maryland state am the last two weeks. And the Virginia state am had no caddies, the, everyone got their own cart. Um, they allowed spectators in that. And then the Maryland Dam allowed caddies, but no spectators and you couldn't touch the pins and there were no rakes on the golf course. So that was definitely different. I've never, I mean, in my life played a tournament with the pins in before last week. I think Evan, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm pretty sure the Western Dam, they kept the pins in. It kind of just varies by region right now. Like what these different States are doing with um, restrictions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I played in since the Delaware. I played in four events. I played in the North South Amateur, North Carolina, the Sunny Hannah in Pennsylvania, and the Western Am out in Indiana. And then just last week, the U.S. Amateur out in Oregon. And in each one of those events, we had to do temperature screenings and player surveys um, in the mornings before we had competition rounds or mornings of any day that we had anything at, at these tournaments. And then on top of that, the USAM was probably the most strict in terms of COVID guidelines. And we had to submit a positive or a, a negative result on a COVID test before we even stepped on a plane to get out to Oregon. And then while we were out there, the first thing we did when we got on property was take another COVID test. Um, and so it's, it's definitely been a change for, I think a lot of us, I think it's, it's obviously something that we just kind of have to accept and deal with for the, the time being right now. Um, but it's definitely been interesting to kind of keep your flag sticks in because we've all played golf for, I mean, 15, 20 years, and we've had flag sticks been able to be optional or take them out or um, be able to touch them in general. And it's been, I think, a change for a lot of guys being able to putt and see with the flag stick in from three feet where I think normally, universally, we would be taking the pin out from that distance. So um, I definitely think that we've done a good job of being able to, I guess, um, handle it and kind of move along with it as time has kind of taken place um but it's definitely been a change and so it's but i mean i'm at the same time i think we're all happy that we're even able to play events at all in the summer i mean obviously golf is one of those sports that like you said is able to be kind of socially distant 
um, and be able to implement certain guidelines that allow us to play other than sports like lacrosse or basketball or soccer or where people would congregate more um, and have more people on, on the field. Um, so I think we're all blessed that's the case, but as all these different rules are being put into effect in these events, it's definitely both a good thing and a, a difficult thing to deal with at the same time. So with rules and, and things like having pool noodles in the, in the holes, does that mean that if the ball hits the pool noodle, then that's it? It's, it's like Frisbee golf and it counts? Like, I've never played that way. So what does that mean? And does that then mean that like an in and out ball, like those just don't exist anymore? Yeah, so that... normally when these obviously are in the hole, they are beneath the level of the hole where it's cut. So they're low enough in the hole that the ball can still fall in. So the only difference is that it basically lowers the touch point of touching the fly stick or taking the flag stick out of the hole where obviously a lot of people would be touching that throughout the course of a day or a round of golf or a tournament. Um, so basically there's different variations of it. Um, people can either have a pool noodle in their hand or in the cup. Um, you can have a PVC pipe in the cup. There's different contraptions that have been made that you can actually use your putter to lift, I guess, a flat piece that's in the bottom of the cup to pull the ball up out of the hole without touching the flag stick at all. Uh, it kind of varies club to club and state to state, um, but it's definitely, it basically just lowers the touch points of touching a flag, but it still allows the ball to fall in the hole by holding the putt. The if other I, thing with the pool noodles yeah. too is like, if we're playing recreationally and like your ball hits a pool noodle and bounces out, like it's pretty much universally counted. Mm. Uh, but like if we're playing a tournament that happens, it, it doesn't count. So like it is a little bit, like it's more just it's not really that big of an issue and like obviously we're so blessed to be able to still play the sport we all love but um it is a little more nerve-wracking if you have like a one-two footer and you see this little noodle that could literally just you it can happen like the ball just hits and just pops out um but i mean it, i haven't it hasn't happened to me personally in an event but i've seen it happen to others <laughs> so that's definitely it, a, it has challenge. happened to me it has happened to me twice yeah i i, I can attest to that as well i um Last week, I had a couple shots that, that rimmed out from the from the flag. So Yeah, in the, uh, in the Maryland M qualifier, uh, I missed about a six-inch putt because of those things. Cause, I mean, they do just, like, bank off of them if you don't hit them with perfect speed. You, you guys have been in, playing incredible uh, for the summer. Um, Mike, specifically, you're an incoming freshman um, from the Baltimore area, and you won the Maryland Junior Amateur and then reached uh, the match play stage. Is that correct, at, at the Maryland Amateur? Um, can you tell us about your experience, uh, with the Maryland junior amateur and winning that event? Um, yeah, I mean, that was really cool. Um, it was something that I was, uh, you know, looking forward to, uh, that was the last junior tournament that I played in. Um, so I was kind of like looking to go out with a bang. Um, I was disappointed that it was only, uh, one day I would have liked to have played two days, but, um, I mean, it ended up working out for me. I hit the ball really well. Um. I've been playing really well this summer. And I mean, like these guys said, it just gave us so much more time to practice over the uh, the spring where there's nothing else to really do. And it's good to see that stuff translate uh, into tournament play. Brandon, it, it, it's your turn. Um, you've played uh, at a very consistently uh, a high level this summer. Uh, what would you say you attribute that to? Uh, has there been any changes that or, or um, adjustments that you've made? And um, it's specifically uh, you put up some really low numbers this weekend. So what are, what is it you're seeing that you're doing particularly well on the course? 
So actually, Carlo uh, saw this. He caddied for me in the Delaware Open, and I've been hitting. I've been hitting. The, I usually hit the ball pretty good. I've been hitting it like better than I ever have, like all summer. And I was leading the Delaware Open after the first round. In the second round, I putted. Carlo caddied for me. I putted so bad, like literally the worst I've ever putted. I shot seventy four, but like. If anyone else hit the ball for me that day, I wasn't breaking 80. And I had this other putter in the trunk I've been kind of messing around with. And I told Carl, it was in such a bad state. I told Carl I was going to put two putters in the bag for the last round because I wasn't sure if the other one was going to work because it's like a much different form. But I put that in the bag and shot seven under that day. And uh, I kept that in the bag like the next week at the Virginia AM and played really, really well again. Just, I'm, um, which at my home course, I was medalist in that. I think it was nine under for two rounds. So I definitely would attribute it to that putter switch, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, would you say that was literally the putter helped or a mental thing or a combination of both? So it's like, I'm going to be honest, I have the yips putting. So I have to putt like, I, I put like, the, I used the claw for like the last like five or six years, and which is like an alternate form of putting. And then I recently went to this thing called like an arm lock where you kind of anchor it on your like left arm. It's what like Matt Kutcher and Webb Simpson use. And that has helped me tremendously. I don't see myself going back from it anytime soon. That's awesome. Well, hopefully uh, that putter remains to be good luck for you. Uh, moving <laughs> yeah, forward. Uh, Carlo, you won the Savannah quarters amateur championship last month. Um, how did uh, you get involved with playing that in, t in that tournament? And what was the experience like winning that? Um, how has that impacted your game moving forward? Yeah, I'll be completely honest. You know, there wasn't much connection to the tournament other than the fact that um, there's the World Amateur Golf Rankings. And I, my goal this summer was to get onto it. Um, I was looking for tournaments to play. And that had the quickest opportunity. Um, you need a top five to get points for it. Um, and, you know, I really thought that my gamers were in the right spot um, where I could win it. Um, so the, 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 the travel was, was worth it. Um, you know, I got to spend time with my mom. So we, we actually drove eight hours after I won, um, which we got back at 3.30, 4am, um, which was uh, definitely an experience. But um, Moving forward from that tournament, um, I would say really just reassured um, that I was doing all the right things, you know, since quarantine, since I've been practicing. Um, you know, I've, uh, you know, tried to make my practices a little more intense. Um, and, uh, you know, I think all it did was really reassure that I'm doing the right things. Um, you know, I haven't really played all that well after that actually, but um, yeah, uh, yes, today I actually got it back a little bit. Um, so, you know, I'm seeing it in waves, but, um, you know, having a win uh, really builds your confidence for the future. Uh, Evan, you had the chance to compete in probably what's considered the two biggest amateur events in, in the world this summer, the U.S. Amateur and the Western Amateur. Um, what was the emotion or satisfaction um, that you got from knowing you earned a spot in those? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've over the last year and a half, my game has kind of gone to a completely different level um, than where I used to play at. And it was a huge honor to be able to um, be able to gain access into those fields against a lot of very 
high names in the world of amateur golf. Um, obviously, a bunch of great players from all over the world that were playing in those events. Um, but it definitely was just to be able to call myself a participant, let alone um, in the Western Am, be able to say I made the first cut, which is a really big deal to be able to make that cut was, was pretty awesome. Um, obviously, didn't have my best stuff the third day at the Western Am and in the USAM itself, but it was definitely both great experiences. I had a great time playing both those golf courses, and obviously we'll, we'll learn and be able to be better in the future playing those events. But uh, the three events I played prior, the Delaware Am, I, I finished second. It was the first event I finished this summer and shot 14 under. Um, was definitely a good start. And then I obviously played the North-South and the Sunny Hannah both weeks. I just had some tough times on the greens. I think just adjusting to the different – rules that we had obviously talking earlier about having the pins and the cups um and, and as brand said the delaware amateur didn't have any restrictions so that was kind of a normal event for us to say the least um but obviously moving towards keeping flag sticks in the holes and uh, just that change mentally i think was a, a hard thing to adjust to um and i think that i just kind of had a tough couple weeks but obviously i'm very happy i was able to play in a lot of these high-ranked events in the world um, and, and be able to consider myself a participant and um, have a couple a good week at the Western AM. So good summer all in all. Well, at the Western AM, when you're talking about the qualifying to make, uh, you were in your, going into your last hole, I believe, and, and you needed to, uh, to score in order to make the cut and you eagled that. Um, you're talking about you've taken your game to a whole nother level. What is, what is, what do you contribute that to? What, what is your game going up uh, to that level? What, what do you, What's, what, what got you there? What, what, do you, what would you credit for that? And then doing something like that, hitting an eagle when you absolutely need, uh, need, need that, what does that do for your confidence moving forward? And, and what do you see as, as the potential for you? Because some would say the sky's the limit that I've talked to for you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've, I know that this is just the beginning for me, but I definitely would credit my, my hard work and dedication, also the team that I have around me. Um, I have a great support system that really um, helps motivate me to be able to play my best week to week. Um, I've obviously put in a lot of work over the summer, being that we've had plenty of time to be able to practice our golf games. Um, but I've definitely tried to put in a good bit of work. Um, and yeah, I, I, I shot even, I shot one under in the first round. Um, and the second round I was two over. So one over total going into my last two holes. And that was one shot outside the cut line. And on the eighth hole, I actually hit a ball into the water off the tee, um, took a drop in the fairway and hit that third shot to about five feet and made that putt for par when I absolutely needed to. Um, so just making the eagle in the last hole alone was huge, but the, the par on the eighth hole was also huge in its, of itself. And then I had a great drive on the ninth hole and put myself in prime position in the middle of the fairway, about 235 yards from the hole. Um, and I hit a, a perfect four iron right to the middle part of the green and had about an eight footer down the hill that was really a very straight putt, maybe stuck a little bit to the right. But uh, I mean, I was probably, under pressure and in the situation that I had myself in, it was probably two of the best holes of golf I've probably played to date. Um, I really kind of showed up when I needed to and was able to hit some good shots under some real pressure to be able to get myself into the top 36 or 32 um, to be able to play 36 holes on the third day. So it was, it was great to be able to show myself that I can do it under pressure and that I obviously can do it in the future if I needed to. Um, so just kind of a good mentality to have going forward in future events. You guys are, are playing just fantastic this summer. Um, it's, it's awesome that you guys get the chance to do that with just the nature of golf. And uh, I know you guys don't take that for granted and, and realize that you're, you're blessed and lucky to do so. And um, 
you're just a pride of Loyola right now going out there and just um, just doing amazing things for the program and for the university with how well you guys are playing. And I wish you all the best of luck as you continue forward. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't have the four of you on here, um, if I didn't get a golf tip or two. Um, so I, I am terrible at golf, but I went to, um, uh, I went to a driving range the other day with a couple of friends and I have a awful baseball swing when I hit a driver and it does a hard hook to the right and I can't straighten it out. What's a simple tip that you would give um, for, for straightening a, a hard slice on a drive? Is it going right to left or left to right? It's, it's going left to right. Oh, so slice. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's usually – I'd say people who don't play as much golf, that's usually their miss. It's just like everyone just comes like right over the top. Um, I mean – I personally, when I start hitting left to right, I try to, it's like, it's golf so bizarre in terms of like how it gets work. You actually like need to swing right for the ball to go right to left and swing left for it to go left to right. Um, but I mean, personally, like a lot of golf, just in terms of everything. And like, I'm sure all them agree to is just set up. Like most of the time, like people are just set up to hit the shot they hit and they don't realize it. So I probably just try to aim a little further right potentially <laughs> i mean that's usually how uh it goes for me i'm not sure if anyone else can give you some better advice it's hard to say without seeing like you hit some balls i'm, I'm imagining your swing in my mind right now and i think that i i can give you a couple tips here at uh, i think the first thing you should probably do is try and get your club coming down a little bit inside of the plane to hit it hit the shot that you're explaining that you're hitting you have to kind of be above plane and coming across the ball um, so maybe drop your right side a little bit more coming down into impact and swing in to out. So on a clock, if you had a clock on the ground, it would be seven to one. Um, and then trying to rotate your face and turning it over to try and produce a draw. Um, those would be the two quick, easy fixes for me. And on top of that, I mean, Brandon said setup. Um, obviously, setup is very important, but you're, you're saying a baseball swing is, is what you're, you're used to. Obviously, in baseball, you're trying to swing the bat as hard as possible, hit the ball as far as you can. Um, and with golf, it's not necessarily something you need to hit the ball hard. It's more something you need to kind of hit the ball in the center of the club face and with a smooth swing. So I would recommend maybe slowing down your tempo of your golf swing a little bit and just trying to kind of swing within yourself and not feel like you're spinning out with your feet um, and trying to overpower a swing or hit it too far, per se, because you'll probably find this will hit it a lot straighter if you swing a little bit easier. Jason, listen, just have a couple drinks and smile, okay? Just enjoy yourself. That's how you hit it better. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you guys are, are playing awesome this summer. I wish you guys the best of luck and uh, and just to keep breaking. Awesome. Thank you so much. Roll thank out. This podcast was brought to you by the Pinnacle Advisory Group which offers clients active investment management and in-depth financial planning to help them achieve the financial peace of mind that they have earned. Pinnacle Advisory Group is located in Maryland, where it is operated for more than 25 years. Call 410-995-6630 to speak with a certified wealth manager today.